Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of How I Teach with Language Arts Lady. I'm Donna Reish, your hostess and your teacher. And I am excited again because I love, love, love teaching um, teachers, parents, and teaching parents. <laughs> I love teaching what I love, which is language arts and writing. So excuse my voice today. I have had something virus kind of thingy. Uh, head cold, or I don't know what you call it. But anyway, I am on the mend. And this is what we've got. <laughs> and I waited as long as I could to record this. So anyway, let's start with housekeeping just really quickly. For those of you who are new, you have two ways to consume how I teach. What you have, what I have here in front of you, if you are watching the video, is the teacher's notebook episode sheets. You want to grab these every week, regardless of whether you're doing audio or video, because looky here, free lessons. So every week there's at least a free lesson within the How I Teach broadcast that I teach you how I teach it. And then you can print it off and use it for your students. So print these off each week, put them in a binder, have them at your fingertips, and you'll be ready to teach um, these lessons that you can print off for your own students. So you can listen on your favorite podcast provider and follow along in your teacher's notebook episode sheets or you can uh, watch on video and um, follow me with PowerPoint. So let's head over to the PowerPoint. Here we go. So this is episode number 25. It is going to be a two-part lesson. And you can see there, it is dialogue for upper high school story writing, part one of two, hit number 25. So a few weeks back, I did a two-week lesson on Twice Told Tales, and that is my um, signature story writing method uh, that I've been using with my students for about 10 years, where we take a model and we piggyback off of it. Some of my older books, we called it the piggyback story. Um, and so with that, you take a model, and in that case, those two lessons, 23 and 24, no, 22 and 23, they took the emperor's new clothes, and that is a, let me see, that's an upper junior high lesson, so that was uh, level three, and uh, you take the model of the emperor new, emperor's new clothes, and then the student takes um, that same premise and puts it in another world with another main character besides the emperor, a different um, set of tricksters, a different audience, some different obstacles, a different object that is um, uh, invisible and, it's, and makes their own story from it. That's what a student will do with the Twice Told Tale. They're tons of fun. Um, if you watch those episodes, you'll remember that I have like, I don't even know, two dozen. Uh, twice told tale um, projects. They're just that much fun. So um, when I taught that to you, I taught how I teach the twice told tale. It took two weeks to do it, uh, episodes 22 and 23. And then you have those lessons in your teacher's notebook sheets. And uh, when I taught how to teach the twice told tale, I did not include how to teach dialogue in that. Because teaching dialogue is very long and very involved. And so I wanted to do that separately as a separate lesson. So last week in episode 25, I kind of laid the, 
groundwork for the, the dialogue. Um, and I did that by doing a quotation inclusion for essay writing for junior high and high school. Um, let me see, that was about fairy tales. I think it was three ways. It was from fairy tales core. I think it was three ways that fairy tales help kids. I'm pretty sure that's what the essay was about. And they had to include quotations in that. So I didn't actually teach the essay. I actually taught how I teach quotation lessons to that level. Now, in that episode, I talked about how before this, before they ever hit junior high, and they have this kind of medium level quotation lesson that I taught in episode 24, before they ever did that, we did elementary quotations. And you might remember that in the, um, when did they have to have a quote? Oh, beginning research report writing uh, for elementary kids, fourth and fifth grade, uh, second, yeah, fourth and fifth grade. That was episode number four. So I wanted to last week do the general quotation inclusion because dialogue is like quotation marks on steroids, right? It is, it is way more complicated, way more difficult, way more advanced than simply writing with quotations in an essay which actually is difficult enough for students in junior high and high school to do that. And so if you remember a few things about how I teach, one thing is that I teach incrementally. So that means that I teach in little bits and pieces that all add up to a big result, right? I've been doing this for 20 years. I've been writing curriculum for 20 years. I've been testing it with between 50 and 100 students each semester, depending on all the locations. My son used to go to another town so that we were had 100 plus students those years when he went to another town and taught all of our books and tested them all. And um, so with that, I know that if I take this incremental approach, if I do this elementary quote, you're going to put one quote in your report about one jungle animal, right? That was episode four. Uh, fourth and fifth grade. Keep in mind that how I teach is second through 12th grade, right? And so you're going to put one quote in. And I taught them the very, very, very basics of quotes in that, in when they were in third and fourth and fifth grade, right? And then last week's quotation lesson was about junior high and high school essay writing, but it was a little bit more advanced. So incrementally, as they make their way through my books and through my classes, they learn all these aspects of quotation use, culminating in something as difficult and challenging as what I'm going to be teaching you today and next week. So this is going to be a two-week lesson dialogue for upper high school story writing. It came from Twice Told Tales 4, and I'm not going to teach you how to teach the Twice Told Tales. I did that the last two weeks. Uh, in episodes 22 and 23, but I am going to teach you how I teach the dialogue part of any story writing at all, actually. Um, but specifically, these came from the Twice Told Tale lesson. So this week and next week, I'm going to be doing this lesson. Next week, you want to be sure to join me and be sure to watch your, um, your month, Monday mini mail because you're going to get um, on the 23rd, you're going to get Monday the 23rd, you're going to get some, um, yeah, 
Monday the 23rd, you're going to get some sample sentences of how to take a quote and write it in many, many different uh, layouts. Okay. So anyway, and I'm going to talk, I'm going to teach that next week and I'm going to send it to you on your Monday mini mail. All right. So here we go. First thing that I do when I'm going to teach dialogue is I've done it incrementally. They've learned quotes. They've learned beginning speech tags, closing speech tags. They've learned statements. They've learned questions. They've learned exclamatory quotations, right? And we've done all of that incrementally. Besides teaching incrementally, another thing that you'll remember from the, for these first 25 episodes is that I love to give students all the tools that they need for the project that they're going to be doing. So in this case, um, we would never, I would never put in my book to add, you know, X number of sentences of dialogue and hope for the best, right? If I'm going to expect them to put dialogue in their story, you can believe that I am going to have extensive dialogue lessons. And I'm going to give them all the tools that they need to be able to complete this, right? And I'm also going to give them the promise that they can not do it right. And I'll fix it for them. We have our, our papers for my classes online and in person, they go to outline outside editors, then they come to me. And my outside editors are also skilled in all of this because they're all my former students. And um, so they edit, then I edit on their edits. And I'm like, I give my students the opportunity, the per permission to not do it perfectly, knowing that I'm going to fix it for them. And I'm going to help them learn dialogue writing through doing it incorrectly sometimes and me helping them. All right. So first thing that I do, I'm moving to box A1 continued. If you're following along um, orally, I mean, auditorily with your teacher's notebook. And so the first thing I do is make sure that they've had previous quotation experience, right? I'm not going to have them come along here and expect them to write this extensive that you're seeing on your screen right now or in your teacher's notebook, box A1. I'm not going to expect them to do this when I have not given them the basics of quotation use. All right, so that's the first thing I'm gonna do. And last week I talked about how, or in the two weeks of the Thrice Told Tales, 22 and 23, I talked about how uh, the first thing I do in story writing with dialogue is give them a model, give them samples. You know how I feel about that. Everything should have a model. Everything should have a sample for them to get excited by, for them to see how it's done, for them to see that they can do it, right? So I'm gonna give them this model and we are going to come along here and we're gonna see how scene seven, okay, the second scene down here on the box A1, continue from previous page. Um, this is Jack and the Beanstalk, by the way, their model <clears throat> from this. Um, and we're gonna come along here, right? Where it says, ha, laughed Jack. I'm sure you'd love that deal, but I'm not a fool. We are going to put an arrow pointing to the ha or a little paragraph symbol. Then we're going to come down here to O, and we're going to put where O, you don't realize the value of these beans, the man pled. We're going to put a, an arrow or a paragraph symbol there, 
And we're going to talk about how every time you change speakers, you change paragraphs. Okay, so my kids can can recite it. Okay, how many paragraph, how many sentences should a paragraph have? Three or more. What is the exception to this? When you have dialogue, when you have dialogue, you can have a one word um, quote, a one word sentence. Hi, the next one. Howdy. All right, two paragraphs right there. All right, so I am going to show the student through the model how these are all separate paragraphs. Right. That's so. After we've had we've had quotation lessons, they know all about quotations. Now I'm going to take them into a model, into a sample, and show them how dialogue is done within a story, and how this is still the same scene. This is scene seven with two paragraphs. This is scene eight. Okay. And if you watch the twice told tale ones, 23, 22, and twenty-three, you'll see what I mean by that. How I use those scenes to teach. Um, scene formation too. All right, so they know that each of these in scene eight, are you telling me the truth is one paragraph? Absolutely, if I'm wrong, you can come retrieve your cow is another paragraph. It's a deal Jack declared is another paragraph because it's Jack, somebody else and Jack. All right, so that is the next thing that I do. So they have this, uh, this quotation background. They're bringing that with them to their incremental lessons here. And then they also have um, samples to go from. And they can see, look at scene nine there. One, two, three, four paragraphs. When Jack returned home is a paragraph, you'll never guess is a paragraph. I'm in scene nine here. We'll see about that is a paragraph. All wrong is a paragraph, right? So every time somebody changes speakers. The next one, only has Jack's mother speaking, that is scene 10. So we don't change any paragraphs. It's the same person speaking the whole time. All right, so that's the next thing that I do. Okay, then I remind them of what they already know. All right, so I'm in lesson B on your uh, teacher's notebook sheets, introducing dialogue. All right. And we have that paragraph, three sentences, unless it's a dialogue. Whenever you are using dialogue or whenever you are quoting many people in your writing, begin a new paragraph each time the speaker changes. And then there um, is kind of, a, there's a list there of things that they need to remember when they write dialogue. One, dialogue is comprised of sentences. Okay, these are people speaking back and forth. So there can be sentences. In some cases, they could be partial sentences you know, um, because it is sp the spoken word, right? It is a conversation. Number two, the paragraph breaks in dialogue are not there to show a unit of thought, okay? Keep in mind that they have been taught from second grade that a paragraph is a unit of thought. A paragraph is a unit of thought. Sentence, words make up sentences, sentences make up paragraphs, paragraphs make up essays, stories, and reports, right? And the unit of thought really comes to play in the paragraph. And that's how you know when to change paragraphs is when you change units of thought. But with dialogue, that's not the case. As we saw in the sample a little bit ago, we're changing paragraphs every time a new speaker speaks. Number three, the paragraphs in dialogue are there to show when a new speaker speaks. Like I always tell my kids, the person who wrote this is as smart as I am, listen to her. All right. And number four, plan for a new paragraph each time the speaker changes. All right, then we review 
the two rules that they already know in the United States, one, periods always go inside closing quotation marks, never on the outside, and two, commas always go inside closing quotation marks, never on the outside. Okay, then we are going to walk through a dialogue box. <clears throat> now, if you remember, I teach very interactively, so they have uh, five or six colors of highlighters right there beside them, and we are going to walk through this dialogue box together. And I'm going to do that with you this week with the Jack one and then next week with a Cinderella sample. And then I'm going to um, teach you how to teach um, various um, positions of speech tags and so forth next week. All right. So we have a dialogue box from Jack and the Beanstalk. And we it is labeled there with bold font, uh, parenthetical phrases following each one. Paragraph one, paragraph two paragraph three, paragraph four, and paragraph five. All right, so they're gonna get their highlighters at this point, and we're gonna dig in, all right? And we are, first of all, going to try to figure out who is speaking in each one, all right? So they're going to uh, find the speech tags, all right? And um, last week I talked about this, the speech tag is tagging the speaker. It's telling us who is speaking, all right? So they are going to, um, find the speech tags. So the first one, they're going to highlight Jack laughed. The next one, they're going to highlight the stain, the stranger um, pled. The next one, they're going to highlight a suspicious but excited Jack questioned. The next one has no speaker, no speech tag. The next one, they're going to highlight Jack declared. All right, then we're going to come here and we're going to talk about it. Did you find the following? In paragraph one, the speaker is Jack. In paragraph two, the speaker is the stranger. In paragraph three, the speaker is a suspicious but excited Jack. In paragraph four, no name is given, though we know it is the stranger, don't we? Right? Do you know how we know that it's a stranger? Because the paragraph before has excited Jack questioned, a suspicious but excited Jack questioned. And paragraph four has nobody, uh, doesn't show who is speaking, but it is indented and it's a new paragraph. So it won't be Jack again. And there are only two people speaking. So we know it is the stranger. Okay. And then the last one, of course, uh, is Jack. Jack declared. And then the speech tags were Jack laughed, the stranger pled, a suspicious but excited Jack questioned, and Jack declared. All right, so what we have here is showing them that the speech tag shows who is speaking at all times, right? And you can have speech tags in various places and in or, or the original story, right? I mean, not the twice told tales because the twice told tales are extremely involved here, but in the original ones, um, and if you watch my uh, Teachers Pay Teachers store, you'll see I'm going to have uh, my um, speech tag words posters up. Those are really great to have during story writing. Uh, they're like, I don't know, 30 ways to say said, 30 ways to say exclaimed, 30 ways to say questioned or something like that or asked. So anyway, we are learning from this model, from this example that um, you know, the speaker is given. And when it's not, we can look above it and below it and see who is speaking, especially in the case of only two speakers. All right, so then 
we are going to go through and find some other things in the box. Now, I teach a lot from this box. Um, this is a review. To begin with, you should learn a few dialogue rules. One, each time the speaker changes, a new paragraph is started. Two, when a speech tag comes at the end of the sentence, do the following. Um, right. Uh, start the speech tag with a capital letter, since it is the first word of your sentence. Uh, Jack laughed, put a comma after it, then begin your quote. And at this point in time, I'm not talking about um, colons following speech tags, but if I have advanced students in the class, we will um, work with that. And I'm gonna show you that next week. We will work with that. I know, you know, from year to year, my students like, okay, you know, guys, this year, I mean, I, I know Tuesday when I go and I have my upper C kids, they've been with me for years. I, I'm going to say, you know, guys, it's time. It's time for you to learn 30 subordinators without um, using the answer key or 40 subordinators or whatever it might be. It's time for you to make sure you know at least 100 preps. It's time for you to be able to use split quotes and colons following speech tags, and we're gonna do it, right? Because you know your own students, right? You know what they are capable of. And then number three, when a speech tag comes at the end, this is what we do, okay? Now, keep in mind, this is all review, right? Because if you watch episode 24, quotation inclusion for essay writing, these are the same rules that we had last time, okay? So, um, Oh, that's the sample that got stuck in there. Okay. All right. So then we're going to come back here and we can go through those rules and, and we do, we can go through them again, um, but that's not really what is best. You know, just reciting rules really isn't the best. Now there are samples. I always have samples, examples, right? So here we have uh, 2B, Jack laughed, comma, you know, with the Jack, bold fonted the J and Jack bold fonted to show you start the capital letter because it's the beginning of a sentence, comma after laughed to show that you start, you uh, follow an opening speech tag with a comma. All right, and then number three, quote, it's a deal, comma, quote, bold fonted, underlined, capital Jack, uh, declared period. All right, um, only one period per sentence. So we don't put it's a deal, period, quote, Jack declared period. Um, so again, some of that was in last week's lesson, right, about just quotations in general, but I'm going to actually take them in here with their highlighters and we're going to dig. All right. So in their dialogue box, box B1, they've already found the speech tags, right? Jack laughed, a stranger, stranger pled, a suspicious but excited Jack questioned, Jack declared. All right. So now we're going to come along here and we're going to say, okay, which of these sentences has an opening speech tag. And they're gonna come along here and they're gonna look and they're gonna tell me that only paragraph one has an opening speech tag. Yes, that's right. So when you have an opening speech tag, what do you have following it before your quote? And somebody's gonna say comma. Yeah, that's right. So everybody circle or highlight that comma. All right. What do all quotations begin with? It's gonna be my next question to them. Keeping in mind that they've already done quotation lessons. Have I mentioned that we've already done quotation lessons? Okay, so they're gonna say, all quotes begin with a capital letter. Yep, and then I'm gonna look at um, 
Russ or somebody who's been here for a while, Lillian, and I'm going to say, when would your quote not begin with a capital letter? And Russ or Lillian will say to me, if it has an ellipsis. Yeah, they're just that good. All right, so quote, capital H, let's highlight that with a different color because all quotations begin with a capital letter. All right, now I'm gonna draw their attention to the fact that there are two sentences in here. Ha is a sentence because in story writing, you can have incomplete sentences as, as sentences. Keep in mind that it's conversational, right? So we have ha, exclamation mark, and then I'm not a fool, period, quote. All right, so <clears throat> there are two sentences. We don't say ha, we don't say Jack laughed ha, and then Jack said, I'm not a fool. If it's the same person, it stays in the same sentence, okay? So then I'm gonna say, what do you have at the end of this quote that has a, oh, an opening speech tag? And they're gonna say, period, quote. And I'm gonna say, circle that, draw an arrow to your margin, and what will you write in your margin? And, and you know, if, they, if they're really young or really new, I'll tell them, but I'm gonna see, I want them to answer. So I'm gonna say, what are we gonna put? Why are we circling period quote? And what are you gonna write in the margin when you draw your arrow to the margin? And they're gonna write, periods always go inside quotation marks in the US. Boom, all right? So we are, we're not just looking at quotes. We're not just having a list of rules. We are actually dissecting the quotes. All right, so then I say, well, what about the other sentences? Well, you know, paragraph four doesn't have a speech tag. Yep, that's right. But paragraphs two, three, and five all have closing speech tags. Yes, they all have closing speech tags. And then this gets really tricky, right? Because closing speech tags are hard, period. That's all there is to it. They are hard. So we're going to do the same thing we just did, quote, capital no. All quotes begin with a capital letter. Everything the person says will be in one, will be in one quote. Even if you start a new sentence, start a new sentence, it'll all be in one quote. Okay, then we're gonna go comma, quote, highlight that, arrow to the margin, period after pled, highlight that, arrow to the margin. I think Jack has a, I mean, Zach has a typo there. Um, anyway, uh, or maybe I have a typo, I guess I shouldn't blame Zach, it could be me. All right, but he wrote the sample. So, um, quote, uh, comma, quote, arrow to the margin, pled period, highlight arrow to the margin, each quote only has one period, okay? You can only have one period used as a period in a sentence. So you have um, the stranger pled period. So you can't put a period after sky. So we go through here and um, with deal, paragraph five, and declared, comma, quote, highlight, drawn arrow to the margin, declared period, highlight, drawn arrow to the margin, the same place, make those arrows at the same place and write one period per sentence. All right. And I say this over and over and over and over again, that a sentence can only have one period used as a period, not counting, you know, abbreviations or doctor or Mr. or Mrs. or um, you know, something that is not used as an end mark, but it can only have one period. So in paragraph two, we have to put a comma after sky, and then your period is for the whole sentence. 
you, if you put a period and I tell them if you're typing in a word processing program and you put a period after sky, I ask them what will happen to the stranger pled? And they say, I don't know. And I say, if you put sky period quote, and then you start typing the stranger pled, what will your, what will your word processing program do? And they say, oh, it'll make the capital. Yes, that is your cue that you've done it wrong, right? Because the stranger pled is not a separate sentence. It is your speech tag that goes with that paragraph. It goes with that sentence, plant these beans tonight and tomorrow you have a ladder to the sky. The speech tag is part of the sentence. It goes with the sentence that, it's, that has the quote in it. It's all part of it. So you have to have the period on the outside of your speech tag there so that it's all part of that sentence. So if you put a period after the stranger pled, you can't put a period after sky because again, arrow to the margin, arrow to the margin, one period per sentence, one period per sentence, one period per sentence. So you have to put a comma. We do the same thing with it's a deal, comma, quote, Jack declared period. One period per sentence. All right, so then we come to paragraph three and it is an interrogative sentence for the quote. It is not a declarative. Are you telling me the truth? Question mark quote. So we highlight the quote, capital A, reminding them, reminding them that all um, quotes begin with a capital letter. And then we come to the, sorry about that, my timer's going off. Then we come to the truth question mark quote. And I say, what did we say before about paragraph two and paragraph five? A sentence can only have one period used as a period. But we didn't say anything about question marks or exclamation points. So you can have a question mark inside your quotation mark and then a period. All right, so we highlight question mark quote and we highlight the A because we're, it's all part of that sentence. So we're not gonna cap a suspicious but excited Jack. So we're gonna keep that lowercase, highlight the period at the end, draw an arrow to the margin, one period per sentence. And we do this over and over and over and over again as we dissect sentences, as we dissect quotations. All right, so there's a lot more to this. And sometimes we'll do stuff on the board. Sometimes um, we will start doing the next assignment together. Um, and then they will hold up like a whiteboard and show what they did with their with the quotes and so forth. Um, and that is what I'm gonna teach you next week, how, uh, and that's what will be in your Monday mini mail. It will not be a mini mail because it will have several sentences of quotes, but. Um, you will forgive me for my long mini meal, right? Um, but the assignment then is rewrite four or six of the quoted sentences from that dialogue box with your speech tags in different positions with different wording. Okay. And at this point, we might do, everybody do one together. So I might say, okay, you, you know, Susie do paragraph one, uh, you know, Bobby do paragraph two, Tommy paragraph three. Jody paragraph four and a paragraph five. 
JQ paragraph six. All right. So put do one on your board or on paper, whatever. And then we're going to talk about them in class and see how you've done those. All right. And then they'll do this for an assignment. So what I'm going to do next week with the Cinderella example is show you the different things that they could do based on their levels, like opening speech tag, closing speech tag, different kinds of speech tag wording, um, a speech tag with a colon following it for your advanced kiddos, um, a split quote for your very advanced students. So that's what we're going to do next week. All right. Thank you for joining me. I know that sometimes when I am teaching this, it can feel like, I don't think my kids could do that. I don't think my high schoolers could do that. And <clears throat> I want you to know that all of our students, well, I wouldn't say all, almost all of our students can do this. I mean, I've got 60 kids starting tomorrow, <laughs> this semester that I'm going to be teaching live. And then I've got some online kids too. And I have every confidence that as we do this incrementally, and as we go through, you know, a little bit at a time, and we teach these skills that are needed for each project, as that level of project comes up for them, I know it works. You know how you just know something will work? You just know that the end result will be, yes, this will happen. They will be able to do this. I know it. I trust the process. I know that it will work. And I, I want you to feel that way. I don't want you to feel like my high schoolers couldn't do this. Then I want you to go back to a twice told tale level three. Or I want you to go back to uh, uh, fairy tales um, four with just quotations. That's it. Or um, uh, uh, let me see another. I've got so many. I've got 25 episodes so far. So, you know, um, a level three story writing or a level two twice told tale or a level two research writing. Knowing that the skills are going to be there for each project and then they'll do another project they will be a little harder and the skills will be there for that. And they'll do another one and another one, right? And if it's not my program, that's fine. But you want a program that does this, right? You don't want to say, write a story about this. You want to give them all the tools. All right, so here's some free products related to this. These two freebies um, likely have quotes in them, right for month Mowgli four and right for month Peter Pan five. Keep in mind all five of the freebies, there's levels one through five of the freebie lessons. You get a freebie lesson and you get a video of me teaching it to, as, a, as though I'm teaching it to students. So you can take the week off or two weeks if it's a two week project, how about that? All right, and then here you can see tons and tons and tons of twice told tales. Um, original story writing, twice told tales, dialogue between two people, uh, story about getting away from a villain on hook ship, tons, tons of twice told tales. Dumbo, Elves and the Shoemaker, um, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Gifts of the Magi. Coming up here, we're gonna have some Christmas stuff. I'm gonna do some Christmas lessons coming up. Alice in Wonderland, The Frog Prince, Pinocchio, Velveteen Rabbit, A Day My Sto Toys Revolted, an original story, lots of twice told tales, dialogue between two toys, um, 
uh, Chicken Little, Thumbelina, Cinderella, Emperor's New Coat, so forth. Okay. All right. So all of those will have the opportunity to have dialogue in them. Keep in mind that if you go back to a level two or a level three, it's not going to have this difficult dialogue in it, right? So you can go back to one of those easier levels. Also, these meaningful compositions, these are our faith-based, character-based, one-semester writing books. They are available now as digital downloads that you print off, so you can print off each lesson as you want it. Um, it's a lot less expensive now since we put them all um, as downloadable products. So you can grab those, all of those, 5261-7281-9192-112, and jumpstart to all have quotation lessons in them, dialogue lessons in them, uh, specifically dialogue, because they're all creative. They all have creative writing um, projects in them. All right. It's not too late to create a class. We are starting our classes this week. Um, I do have a couple of slots that I could put in some co-ops um, or some online teaching um, if you aren't too set on a certain day, I do have, um, uh, a 20 hour, a 24 hour load right now of uh, teaching. So, um, and then of course I'm writing still <laughs> creating all the time and then, um, doing my, uh, content for you guys too. So anyway, contact me. Um, my husband is available. He has some daytime slots. He mostly has daytime slots left. His evening slots, uh, we live across from a high school, a huge public high school, so his evening slots are usually taken, but he can teach just about anything you want him to teach, take, take your place, or he can do private tutoring for remediation. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of How I Teach. It has been wonderful to be with you here, and I will be with you next week to continue this dialogue lesson and teach you some advanced dialogue writing skills um, that you can expect from your, you know, 11th and 12th graders. So see you next week. Thanks.